Hello friends and welcome to episode number 148 of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. It's Patrick here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. He is Justin Anderson in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Justin, how was your weekend? Anything big happen in your world? Uh, yeah, I actually uh, visited some friends who had got married last last year. And we did a little uh, little shindig for them where they live kind of in south southwestern Saskatchewan. So my past two weekends have been spent uh, one in northern Saskatchewan and one in southern Saskatchewan. So I've been uh, been traveling the the Saskatchewan globe, if you will. So it was good mm-hmm. to see uh, uh, the forest last weekend and the flat old farmland this weekend. So yeah, nice to spend some time with friends who I hadn't seen in a while. I uh, just got back uh, in time to see the uh, ending of today's game, which we'll, we will talk about, but was very exciting, Patrick Marsh. How was your weekend? My weekend was terrific. I was pretty chill, uh, logged some overtime hours at my gig, and um, watched a couple movies, watched, uh, watched some of the Olympics, which we'll get to here in a second, and uh, oh, uh, broke my personal record. Uh, I did... I, I, What's the math workout? I think it worked out to like about 15 kilometers, a 15 kilometer walk on nice. yesterday. So I took today is like, I took a knee today and was like, there's no way that I'm going to be able to get anything done. So I was like, I'm just going to have a rest day. And uh, yeah, just enjoyed part of the ball game at least. And uh, <laughs> I found this new game on the switch. I was just playing. I was just enjoying it's called Littlewood. It's kind of like uh, Stardew Valley, but like 8-bit, I guess you could say. It's kind of cool. It's like retro wear. Yeah, cool. cool. Good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, we want to give shout-outs to the Olympic team, the entire Canadian Olympic team. Um, a record-breaking performance for our athletes. They, I think it was 24 medals all said and done, and which broke the, uh, the record for the most medals by a Canadian team at a Summer Olympics. I believe you said they finished 11th overall, correct? So, uh, a really good showing by our by our summer Olympians. Some stand-up performances from the Canadian women's uh, soccer team, the women in the pool, uh, canoers, um, Damian Warner breaking the Olympic record in the decathlon. Unbelievable. Uh, Andre DeGrasse is six for six in medal events in his Olympic career, spanning two Olympic games now, and is a 200 meter wow. champion. Uh, Penny Oleksiak is the most decorated Canadian Summer Olympian at the age of 21, uh, which is pretty incredible. Uh, Christine Sinclair, the greatest women's soccer player of all time, um, finally gets her, her gold medal uh, after 307 games for Canada uh, over her 22-year career now, I believe. She's 38, and I believe she debuted at age 16, so... Uh, Captain Canada, Christine Sinclair, finally gets that medal. Steph LeBay was phenomenal in that penalty shootout for, for Canada, yep. the goalkeeper. Without her, there was no no chance. They She stopped, uh, I think, three or four in a row, including one that, one that they shot over the net. But um, absolute clutch performance, smiling the whole time. Uh, did you see her, her Wikipedia page after? Somebody changed her, her role to uh, National Minister of Defense. On Wikipedia, so uh, I thought that was pretty funny. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I I told myself at the beginning of the Olympics that I wasn't going to watch much of it because I was kind of against it happening with the whole pandemic still raging. But yeah. I got sucked in by my Canadian pride and just by the way that people were were performing. Uh, it was pretty tough not to watch. 
Yep, I watched the game, and uh, I can say very, very safely that uh, that was the most meaningful victory I've ever seen any version of the Canadian national football team uh, win anywhere. And that no disrespect is intended to the uh, the men's team that won the Olympic gold back in 1904 uh, when soccer was basically in its infancy uh, or the men's team that won the gold cup in 1985 or 2000. Uh, this dwarfs, this win, uh, this gold medal uh, just dwarfs those events. It is going to change the game as far as soccer in our country, um, yeah. especially particularly women's soccer, because it's weird. It's like this weird generational thing. Um, back in 2012, uh, there was a uh, there was a young girl who was 11 or 12 years old. <laughs> <laughs> And you know where I'm going with this. Uh, yep. Who watched Christine Sinclair, uh, uh, you know, try to gut it out to get Canada into the gold medal game. They fell short, and then they fought hard to get that bronze, and they earned it. Uh, and then eight years later, uh, she was on the team, and she kicked the winning goal yep. for the team. Uh, I can't remember her first name, but I know her last name is Gro- uh, Grosso. Grosso? Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yes. Anyway, um, just unbelievable, unbelievable performance. But like, imagine having to be the person that had to pick who the who was going to do the closing ceremony flag bearing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like you could pick literally any member of the Canadian national Olympic team that went, and there were so many gutsy performances. There were a lot of of fourth place finishes too that we'll never hear talk about because mm-hmm. it's not a medal, yeah. which is unfortunate. And, but, and a lot of those fourth place finishes, especially those ones in the pool, were still Canadian records that were set for like, yeah. times. And they, there were so many Olympic records broken, especially in, in the pool at this, at this Games, that you needed to have a record-breaking performance to get on the podium. So, yeah, you're, you're, you're totally right, though. So many fourth place finishes that, that won't be talked about, but were still very memorable performances. Just, just an unbelievable Olympics, uh, which I agree with you, probably should never have happened. But yeah. it happened. They couldn't delay it for another year. It is what it is. Uh, hopefully, there weren't too many COVID cases. Hopefully, not too many Olympians missed out on their chance to compete mm-hmm. uh, because of it. Yeah, I know there were some, but hopefully it was limited. But shout out to our uh, friend of the show, yeah, just Devin Haru. Guy's an international superstar now. He is now, uh, <laughs> Mr. Worldwide. He would be foolish not to get that man out out there uh, very prominently. He's an excellent writer. He is an excellent sports journalist and an excellent journalist. Period. Yeah, and a very just an all finest good human from Saskatoon, by the way. So absolutely, <laughs> I you know, I'd love to have Devin back on the show if we could figure out a way to justify it. I don't think he's covered anything baseball related in a while. No, but still, just what an incredible human being, and and, and even his performance in the last few weeks. And to him, it's not even the halfway point because I think he's staying there to cover the Paralympics too, isn't he? I believe you're right. Yep. Just unbelievable that top tier journalism it's hard to do it and they have to tell these human stories all in the middle of all of this 
And people think, oh, it's just sports. Nobody cares. Uh, they do care. They really do. The stories that are coming out of the Olympics uh, in relation to our Canadian athletes, they're the most read, um, most consumed articles online. And mm -hmm. people are lining up. He's got you know, Japanese airports. people sending him fan mail. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's awesome. I can't think of anybody who deserves that, you know, the love more yeah. than Devin. For sure. Well, let's get back to Blue Jays talk. Um, once again, just absolute props to the Canadian Olympic team. Did the country proud. Uh, before we get into the Jays, quick reminder of where you can find us. Uh, Twitter is the main channel we, we do everything on, at BFMD Podcast. It's been a spattering of, of baseball tweets and Olympic stuff this last uh, few days here. Uh, Anchor, Apple, Spotify, and Google are the main areas that you can listen to us on. You can find everything on bfmdpodcast.com. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us as we are now, as you mentioned, Patrick, in episode 148, closing out on that 150 mark. Seems like just yesterday we were chatting with Dan Schulman for episode 100. So uh, we've come a long way this year. And I'm looking forward to keep keeping it going. But uh, into the news, some Jays news now. Uh, Bo Bichette got his first day off today. He fouled, I, I, I read that he had fouled a few balls off his, his leg, uh, yeah. and was wasn't wasn't really feeling great. A couple of they called them calf contusions, so bruised. Uh, he's day to day, yeah. and Charlie Montoya said he's day to day, and today was not going to be the day. So hopefully Tuesday he'll be all right. So don't don't worry about Bo. Just needed some time off. They gave Vladdy a night off. Uh, over the weekend as well too, and he responded in a big way today. So it's 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 good to get these guys a day off their feet, especially when they they've got some nagging injuries and a day off the next day. So it's a good time to do it. Um, the Jays yeah. just capped off the eleven game homestand, nine and two. Patrick Marsh, two losses mm -hmm. were in extra innings. They were at plus twenty six in the run differential, scoring just over five point two runs a game. Uh, pitchers ERA at 269 and the runners in scoring position batting average was 347. So they were coming up in the clutch. The Jays yep. do have the second best average with runners in scoring position in baseball. I believe only Houston has a better average. So, and uh, the run differentials, uh, not too much higher not than too ours. much higher. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's ours is, is growing at a, a very quick rate here. So be interesting down the stretch. Uh, they, I think, we talked a little bit about August and how important this month was off microphone. Oh, um, man. It was important before they got back to Toronto, and now it's even more important. Yeah, they're already 7-2. and two. We talked about this, like I said, off the air. Uh, it's not inconceivable the way this team is playing for them to finish August with like a 20-8 and eight record and might actually be within striking distance of the division. It really depends on what the other team's uh, in the division do, but we got yeah. a long road ahead of us before we 100%. get there. Um, a couple of cool, uh, tweets here from the blue Jays. This one on August 8th, 1987, George bell hit his 35th home run in the team's 110th game. He won the MVP award that season. Fast forward to August 8th of 2021, Vladimir Guerrero jr. Hit his 35th home run in the team's 110th game. And then they put the eyeball emoji. So uh, mm. pretty interesting parallels there. And how can you not be romantic about baseball, Patrick? I agree with you. <laughs> I don't, I still, I mean, look, I don't want to be a party pooper. I still think Shoei Otani oh. is going to win the MVP. And, and, we'll, but... and we're going to see him this week. He's going to pitch against us. 
Yeah, so get ready. Jays fans, you're going to be oh, blown man. away by this Vladi, guy. Vladi versus Shohei. Oh. Oof, that's scary. He'll have to see it. Um, George Springer stats here. Since the All-Star break, he's, his batting average is 360. On base percentage is at 420. The slugging percentage is at 798. Good Lord. Yeah. Nine home runs, 22 runs driven in, 25 runs scored, and the team is 15-8 and eight over that time. It's almost like having your leadoff hitter, hitter get hot is a good thing or something. I, I, I'm, no, I'm no statistician, but I think that helps. It's just, <laughs> it's just the, the impact. The impact that George Springer returning to this team fully healthy and then returning to Toronto and being able to play in front of actual Toronto Blue Jays fans, no disrespect to Buffalo or Dunedin, yeah, but a lot of those crowds, uh, I wouldn't say most of them, but a lot of the crowd uh, were were not Jays transplants. They were yeah. they were the uh, opposition. So it, n- now they're playing at home for the first time in almost two years. Yeah, look out. Um, and American Americans that are fully vaccinated, I believe, are allowed to come across the border starting today. I believe. So we may actually see some opposing fans in the ballpark at some point here soon. But shout out to those 15,000 fans wow. uh, who have been yeah. packing the Rogers Center. They, you guys sound like 45,000. You sound like a full house. So keep it up. Uh, it's, it's, it's awesome. I was watching calls and reactions to the home run that George Springer hit today that we'll talk about. And hearing that Domi erupt, it gave me... Um, flashbacks to the seventh inning of the of the wild card or the of the uh, fifth game of, against Texas. Um, yeah, definitely, definite some some reverberations through the dome, and there's only fifteen thousand of you, so keep it up. Let's talk results. We know that the Blue Jays were playing Boston this weekend. Patrick Marsh. There were four games played over the weekend, including a doubleheader. The Jays were able to take three out of four which we talked about last episode was kind of the number that needed to happen. A, a split wasn't the night wasn't a nightmare, but gaining two games on Boston at least at bare minimum was something that this team needed to do. And they went out and did it. Um, there were some big moments, including today's home run. Another big moment came in Friday's game. Alec Manoa was battling. He managed to give the team five innings of two run ball. He did walk three, struck out four, he was fighting his command a little bit, but credit to the rookie, he really battled and kept the team only down two. And they proceeded to put up nine runs in the fifth inning. Nine runs, Patrick Marsh. Uh, Alejandro Kirk had a couple of hits in the in the inning. Uh, the team just kept going and going. The only player, the only starter who didn't have a hit was Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and he did walk and score in that fifth inning. So it was still able to, to impact uh, the team. It was an all-around offensive explosion. The whole lineup, uh, everybody had multiple hits, again, except for Vladdy. Uh, but it was really good to see that. The bullpen was great. Ryan Barucki did give up um, two, two, a two-run shot in the sixth. But besides that, the bullpen was able to give the Jays uh, four innings of only two, of two-run ball, which if, you're, if your bullpen can do that, you, you have a chance to win a lot of games. So props to them for doing that. Rafael Dolis has been quietly pretty good. He hasn't really given up any runs. He's still been walking some people, but uh, the splitter actually splits now. So we can give him some credit for for rebounding his season. And Taylor Sacedo bounced back after he had that rough game on Thursday. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what what did you think about that about that explosion in that game? Yeah, just uh, 
you, it, just, it, you didn't I really mean, see it coming, hey? Because Evaldi was cruising. I, I said to you minutes before it started to happen, we really need some hits during that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. it, it was very funny at the time because it was like we're down to nothing. The sense of urgency was, uh, was high because you could tell Manoa was – I wouldn't say he was floundering. He didn't look his best. But he was still like strong enough to give us five, which is fine. I'll take that line. Um, oh, anytime. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take that line. And, and, but for them to, to, you know, get around uh, a full rotation of the lineup plus two, uh, it was just, it was just brutal for uh, for Evaldi, brutal for the uh, Red Sox, but for us, it was incredibly cathartic. <laughs> it was very satisfying. To see it. Yeah, to see like the meat of the lineup, the you know the three four. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine all had two hits. Everybody <laughs> yeah. had a multi-hit game except for George Springer. Santiago Espinal uh, didn't have a PA. Uh, he was a defensive replacement in the ninth, I yeah. think. Yeah, but wow, just um, thrashed them. And then and it's unfortunate. We're going to have to talk about Ryan Brucky because he was uh, optioned down to AAA. Uh, yeah. Before today's game, I believe it was opponents were hitting 250 against him. He had a 7.5 ERA since he returned to the team, July 16th. Uh, the team was four and three in the games that he had played, but he had blown a save, and he's just getting beat up a little bit. It's a good opportunity for him to go down to AAA uh, and actually like not feel like he's being rushed back. A little little lineup. reset for him, yeah. Yeah, uh, there's only been three appearances where he's given up runs, but that's a problem when you're coming out of the pen so like for sure it makes his numbers look worse than what they are but still you know give him a chance to retool because everybody else is just absolutely dialed in right now mm-hmm. um other than that yeah delise delise is delise he's not going to change he, he it's a wild ride with him uh <laughs> out there but you're he's not really seeing too much time when the stakes uh, are high there yeah he was out there today because we needed him and i don't think anyone else was available uh simber had played the day before right uh but anyway uh yeah. i digress uh just an absolute thrashing that you'll love to see yeah so after there was uh, 16 combined runs scored on friday uh during a double header on saturday the teams combined for only four runs across the two games <laughs> Game one was an absolute pitcher's duel. Robbie awesome. Robbie Ray uh, went six very good innings, uh, allowed two hits, two walks, and five strikeouts. Jordan Romano ended up picking up the win in this game because Marcus Samin hit a walk-off home run, Patrick Marsh. Um, yeah. Samin and Dickerson are the only Blue Jays to register hits in that one. It was just an absolute duel. I wish I could have watched it. Unfortunately, as I mentioned at the top, I was out of town, so... I didn't get to see it, but uh, what were your impressions from that game? What can you pass along to those those of us who, like me who didn't see the game? I mean, it was it was the ultimate pitcher's duel. What's interesting though was that it's only a seven inning game, so we got to see the pretty much the max you'd get to see out of a starter in this type of situation. You're almost always going to throw out your uh, your closer in that seventh inning. Yeah, the last one most likely. Um, Although it was tied, and then it's weird. The Boston pitching was so good. They made one mistake the entire game, and it was the one that ended the game. It was so tight. 
uh, and for Samin to clobber the first pitch, almost yeah. like, you know, he must have like sat down and just, just he was looking for, for something, right? <laughs> for hours with George Springer, who is uh, Matt Barnes's former roommate, I believe, in college. Interesting. He had the scouting report on him, uh, and unfortunately, <laughs> it didn't go his way. But it did go Samin's way, and uh, that was a big win. Yeah, that's, shout, that's a big ego boost for that. Shout out to uh, shout out to Canadian Nick Pavetta who started for Boston. That one he had yep. six relief innings, only allowed one hit and one walk, and struck out five. So nice to see a, a Canadian able to pitch on Canadian soil. So shout out to him for that. But I'm glad the Jays won. Uh, we did came... see a Canadian though pitch on Canadian soil for the Jays, and that, we did. Yeah, uh, that was Mark of Ontario's Jordan Romano. So that's right. Jordan Romano picked up his fifth win of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I know. R- reliever wins don't i <laughs> guess in general don't don't matter <laughs> they don't really matter uh quality performance by him after getting swamped for uh for two home runs i think in his previous appearance, yeah was it or was I, it it might have yeah, either the it previous was. one or, or the time before i believe it was it was the a two bombs game. against yeah it was yeah. he gave up two 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 bomb two solo bombs that was in that like cleveland that. game that they ended up winning eight to six but we're up eight to nothing at one point but yeah yeah um game two was another really good game a few more hits in this one. Boston mustered eight, and the Jays had six. Boston did win two to one. They scored a run in, in the extra inning uh, off of Adam Simber and Brad Hand uh, to get that victory. Um, I once again, Jose Barrios was was dominant, and I have yet to be able to watch him start. Unfortunately, as a Blue Jay, because I just have to be out of town all the damn time on weekends. But another six great innings from him. The one run was a a Verdugo home run that I, I hear just barely cleared the fence uh yeah. yeah six strikeouts no walks richards was a good for an inning simber did give up two hits in a run it's, it was an unearned run though uh from what i do see here even though i don't know what happened because there's no errors must have been like a wild pitch or something i'm not sure but uh oh because the because of the guy was on second base i don't know if they don't count those as earned runs but maybe i'm i'm, I'm not sure i have no idea i didn't get to watch the game but uh it was nice to see um, Barrios be great again. Unfortunately, the Jays couldn't get a run in the in the eighth to, to match Boston. But what can you tell us about that one, Patrick? Barrios curveball. Um, that's it. You're just in love with that curveball, hey? It's just good. It's good. His off-speed stuff is good. It's aggressive. It's just good. Uh, the rest of the pen was great. It was just. It was such a tight game, and uh, this time around, uh, it was Adam Simber who made the one mistake. Yeah. Uh, it is what it is. It wasn't an earned run. Um, yeah, I'm looking at the box score, and it looks like it doesn't it doesn't count that phantom runner as an earned run because he's not on second base because of the pitcher. He's on because it's the rule. So. Yeah. So. It just it just sucks because then you go into the bottom of the eighth and it's like okay well we also have a guy in second but then you're kind of in desperation mode you could bunt twice you could and you would get yeah. the run nobody does this though and I don't understand why and I never will because um, the infield but, comes in in those situations that's why yeah, so they just play cut down defense and, and and looking at the Jays had they had Guerrero on second with Sabine Bichette and Hernandez up. Uh, I see that Samin was able, one of them was able to move or was able to move Vladi over to third. 
on a uh, fly ball, sack fly, but then the Hernandez and Bichette could not drive him in. So they had their chances, of course. But The, the top five in the lineup didn't look as good in the first, second game as it did in the first. They actually contributed a collective total of 10 strikeouts between yeah. uh, between the five of them, uh, including three from, from George Springer, who just had a hell of a time at the plate, <laughs> uh, went 0 for 4. But still, I mean, guys are going to have those games. It just all lined up. They were probably yep. all gassed. Everybody was probably gassed for the second one, especially when you get late. Because you're talking about 15 innings of baseball yeah. in one day. In one day. Yeah, it was spread out a little bit, but it's still it's still, it's it's still It's a long day when you're not used to playing that much baseball. Yeah. One swing of the bat could have made this uh, a four-game sweep. Yeah. But um, it didn't go our way. Yeah, you're right. And today, speaking of George Springer, uh, he made up for it today in a big way, Patrick. Uh Hunjin Ryu yeah. was not good in this start. He he managed to only last uh, three and two thirds, allowed ten hits, seven earned runs, walked one and struck out one. No home runs given up. It bumped his season ERA up like a half run, I believe, almost I mean, even a bit more than that to three sixty two. Uh, but again, the bullpen was was clutched the rest of the way. We had we had to get uh, five plus innings out of the bullpen, five and a third, and Patrick Murphy. Kirby Sneed, Rafael Delis, and Jordan Romano were able to do that uh, with only giving up one run, and it was from Kirby Sneed who gave us five outs. So props to the bullpen for keeping the bats in it. And because the bullpen did that, the Blue Jays were able to turn a uh, six or a seven to two deficit after four innings into a nine to eight victory, uh, courtesy of one Mr. George Springer. But we got to say one thing. Uh, I was able to watch the this inning. We, I got home just in time to see it. And huge, and this is from Ben Wagner, uh, massive key to this comeback was Reese McGuire battling over nine pitches yep. and mo- working a walk against Adam Odovino um, to get George Springer to the plate. And then they bring in Barnes. And you mentioned they have the Barnes and Springer have a connection. And Springer took him yard. 440 fucking two feet. Yeah, he uh, he blasted one <laughs> into the left center field bleachers. Um, and the Jays took the lead and won 9-8. They got out hit by Boston 16-10 to in this one, but Boston cleaned two errors to the Jays <laughs> one. And Jordan Romano was able to pitch a clean 1-2-3 inning with two strikeouts to earn his 10th save of the season for the Blue Jays to complete the 3-1 to series victory, Patrick Marsh. Yep. It was a really bad outing from Ryu. Yeah, was, I mean, we talked about this before the show. He, he he'll bounce back. He always does. So yeah, there's no there's no reason to be to be fearful of it. Uh, Ryu is still a very consistently strong starter yeah. for us. Uh, lately, he's been getting hit a, like hard in one game, and then comes back and pitches like th- you know three hits over seven innings of shutout baseball. So like if you look at the numbers, he 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 always bounces back from these types of starts. It was just it was just ugly. He was well scouted. It's not a surprise he's well scouted by Boston, who knew they'd have to face him, you know, a gajillion times yeah. whenever we played them. He they knew they were going to see him at least once every time we played them, because we need to start him every time we play Boston and every time we play the Yankees, etc. Um, but he didn't look great. He didn't walk anybody. He was just getting hit everywhere uh no matter what he did and actually the bullpen they were great even sneed uh who did give up 
uh, the run on two hits. It was great for, to get five outs from somebody like that to, to step in. It was terrific. And then for Dolis to come in and be as solid as he was late in the game, restored a little bit of faith. And of course, Jordan Romano being our closer. Just terrific. Yeah. Shout out to George Springer, though. Four runs today. Maguire uh, went 0 for 2. Two walks. Uh, two runs. I know it's easy to criticize Reese Maguire because he he's not really a power hitter. He's hitting 275 on the year, though. OPS 706. Are you comfortable with him over Danny Jansen at this point? I think we have to be until until he until, crew, he's, not. until he until he's not doing what he's been doing. Uh, obviously, he he took two walks in this game uh, and scored two runs. Both times, well, both times he was on base, he came around to score because he got the lamp over to the big boys. And when your number nine hitters able to do that, I think he deserves to stay on the roster. And until J- Danny Jansen gets healthy and is playing well in AAA and, and forces the hand of the Blue Jays, he's got options, Jansen does, so he can stay down there. Alejandro Kirk's playing pretty well, so I, I feel like Danny needs to stay in AAA until he until he moves one of these guys out of the out of the lineup. He's got some stuff to work on. It's not the end of the world. It doesn't mean his MLB career is over. It just means. Oh yeah, he'll, he'll be. For those he'll of be you bad. out there who think that. Uh, no, I'm it, I'm a Denny Jansen like Stan to use the term the kids are using. And, yeah, I would say we're. Are, I I agree with you. I am too. I think defensively, he is the best we have as far as catching goes. But we just we need the hitting so badly in the bottom of the lineup. If we're going to beat teams like Boston routinely down the stretch, you, I, I feel like McGuire is like an essential and he's proving it too with his eye. Uh, he's improved yeah. dramatically after yeah. a, a disastrous 2020 for, <laughs> uh, for obvious is, reasons. Is disastrous even a word to describe it correctly? And it, for those of you out there, say hi to Patrick's cat, Freddie in the background. That's right. <laughs> that's right. In his last 30 games, Reese is hitting 253 with a 311 OBP. He's getting his walks. Uh, he is scoring a lot of runs too. He scored 12 runs in yeah. that in those 30 games, which is nice depth. Mm-hmm. Uh, only three RBIs, but he's getting he's doing what he's supposed to hey, do. He's he's at a 95 WRC plus for the season, so he's just below league average. And if your catcher's doing that, you're doing you're doing pretty well. So former first round pick of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah, props props to Reese McGuire for what he's been doing. I I have a hard time saying nice things about Reese McGuire, but I, I I'm not able to say bad things about him right now. Yeah, and then even you look at uh, what we're getting currently from uh, Alejandro Kirk for the season. He's two sixty six, uh, three forty two OBP, four sixty nine slug. He is WRC exactly, plus one twenty. <laughs> yeah, he's exactly what we wanted him to be. Uh, he hasn't had a lot of power in the last seven games, but give him time. Uh, he's only twenty two years old. He's just he's still a baby, you know. Uh, yeah. So I don't know, Kirk. Kirk, I, I see Kirk as like our 1A and Reese our 1B because mm-hmm. uh, they're kind of interchangeable. I know Reese has done a lot with our rotation as far as like working with them. I think he's worked with just about everybody. Yeah, he has at this point. Um, but yeah, that, that wraps up three games against Boston, and we'll get into the standards here in a second. I have one thing that I want to add in. Just I just saw this on Twitter. And I don't want to forget to talk about it. The Philadelphia Phillies today retired Roy Halladay as number 34. Yep. Um, 
So I just wanted to add that in. Obviously, we all know that Doc was a huge member of the Blue Jays teams in the, in the, in the early 2000s, that first decade. Uh, one of the greatest pitchers of all time, Hall of Famer. So uh, th- thanks to the Phillies for doing that. Uh, one of I think I think that's maybe the sixth, the seventh or eighth number that they've retired in their in their long history. So congrats to Doc and congrats to Brandy and the kids as well too. So. Yeah. Yep, they're very close with the with the Phillies organization. Uh, I think for whatever reason they are more so than what they are with Toronto. Uh, but still, um, you know, nothing but love for the for the uh, holidays. Hundred percent. All right, yep. standings. Uh, because Tampa Bay just refuses to to, to go cold. Um, they're at sixty eight and forty four. Patrick Marsh. They're eight yep. and ten in their last in their last uh, stretch here. They've won four in a row. They're now four games ahead of the Boston Red Sox, thanks to your Toronto Blue Jays. Boston is two and eight in their last ten. Patrick, they are, Brutal. how do you say, uh, regressing to the mean. Um, the New York Yankees are also eight and two in their last ten games and are six and a half back of Tampa Bay. They've lost. They lost today, though. Uh, your Toronto Blue Jays, go figure, are also eight and ten <laughs> or eight and two in their last ten games. Uh, and are seven games back in the division. Um, my headset is dying, so I'm just going to change my battery. But feel free to analyze the standings for you. Give me a second, Patrick. <laughs> well, it's kind of interesting because, you know, two weeks ago, uh, you know, I I wouldn't have had as much faith in the Jays as I do now uh, for obvious reasons. What's really interesting, though, is how the Yankees are just like the turd that won't flush. They won't go away no matter what we do. They will not. We're just going to have to deal with it. Um, the division is not out of reach for us. However, uh, three of the hottest teams in the American League right now are in our division. There's <laughs> nothing we can do about it except just keep put our heads down and keep winning. We have two games in hand on Tampa. We have four games in hand on Boston. We have one game in hand on the Yankees. Got to win those games to, for it to mean anything. Yes. Uh, but we hacked deep into Boston's lead uh, since returning to Toronto. Unfortunately for us, it looks like the Athletics are poised to win today, which means uh, they will... We'll be three uh, games back then, yeah. We will be card. three games back of the wild card. The Yankees will go from 2 to 2.5, uh, and Boston... Uh, just clinging to that wild card spot right now. I, I believe that'll that'll actually put Oakland ahead of Boston because they have a, they'll have a higher winning percentage. So Boston will now be wild card two with the. But they'll have win. they'll have they won't have <laughs> yeah. identical records, but it'll essentially be. Uh, it's basically a tie. Yeah. Yep. So you can look at it that way, and that we're two and a half games back of both wild card slots now, which yep. is good. But I think we should set our sights a little bit higher because we have very favorable matchups coming up. Do. Should we talk about all the wild card race right now and where the Jays fit into it? I mean, we, we know that we've already beat up on Cleveland. Um, yeah, they're not toast quite yet, but Cleveland, they're, you can they're, hear the death rattle. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not good. We've, they we've, won today. They beat the Tigers, which means that uh, I believe they're 500. Uh, so they're probably seven and a half back now. But that's so far at this point with all those other hot teams. Yeah. Everybody above them is playing better baseball except for Seattle. 
who did actually pull off a win today against the Yankees, so it's good they kind of mm-hmm. beat on each other a little bit. But our next opponent is La- the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, or whatever they're called now. <laughs> Do you yeah. see them as a threat? It's um, four games against them. If they beat us, if they beat up on us, well, let's our season pitching could matchups, be in trouble. And we can take a look at it. So, so I'm teeing up, my friend. <laughs> um, it looks as though we're facing up against Chris Rodriguez and Steven Matz. This will be on Tuesday, which, by the way, is a doubleheader where the Blue Jays will be the first or will be the home team in the first game, Patrick Marsh. Yep. Um, late start times for these games. The first game is at 6.07 Eastern time of that doubleheader. Game two is at 10.07. Uh, so Steven Matz is going to go up against Chris Rodriguez, who hasn't started a ton of games yet for the Angels this year, but is 2-1 and one so far. Matz is 9-6 and six for the Jays. Obviously, we know that he had a pretty good start this weekend. Uh, so did game two starter Ross Stripling. Him and Matz are kind of going shot for shot right now, trying to each prove their their uh, their right to stand to the, the rotation when the Blue Jays do cut it down to five. A stripping will go up against Jose Suarez, uh, who is a lefty for the Angels in that game. And then on Wednesday, we'll have Alec Manoa against former Baltimore Orioles, so a guy the Jays have seen before, Dylan Bundy, who is not having a good season. He was the Angels' opening day starter. He's 2-8 and eight with a 6-14 ERA. Uh, and then Thursday, this is one that everyone's going to want to tune in for. Uh, Jose Barrios, eight and five of the three-two-three ERA, is going to face up against Showtime Shohei Otani, who is as a, as a pitcher six and one with a two-nine-three ERA. Wow! Um, and will also likely DH or hit in that game too. So um, definitely a, a, a really important four-game series. The the Jays definitely have the edge in in the Manoa game for sh- for sure. And even I would say the Stripling game as well too. I think Stripling can, can probably outduel Suarez, uh, but it's it's late start times. They're all they're ten ten oh seven and then nine thirty eight, Eastern time starts on Wednesday and Thursday. So you East Coast folks and Patrick, I know you're probably going to be probably unable to watch the majority, if not any of these games, except for maybe game one. But uh, your boy here will be tuning in to everything. <laughs> yeah, I'll be watching the Thursday night game because I think our yeah we'll probably will record, be to record super late Thursday because well, I am will be super off late. on Friday. So we'll that'll be our next show. We'll be like in the wee hours of Thursday. Um, It'll be Friday morning for you and maybe even for me at that point. <laughs> yeah, a lot. There will be a lot of uh, a lot of our listeners getting up Friday morning to a fresh episode, which is nice. You love to start your weekend that way. Yeah. What do you but think I won't about be able these matchups? I won't be able to watch any of these games. They're just too late. Even the one that's the the get a, well quote unquote getaway time for Tuesday's game is still nine o'clock to start it. I'll be out cold by ten. So like, there's just no chance. <laughs> so looking at these matchups, though, I do kind of like this thing that they. I I don't know why this happened, but when I went to look up. I had to go to the page for probable pitchers multiple times because I was like, what is Azuleos? Why is that there? Yeah, I looked at it. I looked at all of the names of the teams and they were all in Spanish. And I was like, what does this mean? And I guess it's a thing that they do. Is Tuesday uh, uh, some is like a Spanish heritage day? Is I'm not 100% certain as to why that I is. Don't, but I don't know. But I was reading I looked, the sheet here and I was like, man, what was Patrick's computer doing? <laughs> yeah. When I go to MLB 
probable pictures when I went to look at uh, it's Tuesday, right? Yeah. The tenth. So like, oh, what the fuck? Okay, it's not doing that now. That's so weird. I wonder if it was just a glitch on there. I was like, why are all these, all the team names, except for the angels, were in Spanish? Mm -hmm. I don't know. That was really weird. Anyway, I kind of like this idea of like calling them the Azuleos now. But then when <laughs> I Googled that, it had to do with like, I don't know, like tequila or something. I don't, I don't understand this. But <laughs> I, I like, I'm looking it up again now, Azuleos, if I look it up. It has to do with. It's a form of Portuguese and Spanish painted tin glazed ceramic tile work found on the interior and exterior of churches, palaces. What the fuck is this? And what does it have to do with the Blue Jays? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but all, all of this art is really cool. If you just look up as do as the Yeah, it's kind of, it's, I don't know. It's kind of cool, man. Interesting but anyway, tangent. <laughs> yeah. A weird tangent. I like our matchups. I think they're all favorable with the exception of the game against Shohei Otani. Uh, that being said, we need Steven Matz to be super clutch. We have to win that first one. Yeah, those are seven I, inning games, right? And the Jays have done really well in those games so far this season. Yeah, I, these are, without question, we have to take both the doubleheader games. And we have, yep. you, you know, if we're going to at least split the series, which is still not good enough, uh, again, our backs are against the wall right now. There is no time to breathe. If we give the Angels any wiggle room right now, they will claw their way back up the standings. This is a chance for us to put our boot right on their face and kick them off the mountain, possibly for good, for, yeah. at least for the season. Uh, and that juicy matchup Wednesday on the 11th, it's Manoa's chance to really cement himself as like the future ace. Yeah, so, uh, the Mike Troutless Angels. So well, that's right. That's sad uh, he that the won't best be in the lineup. Will be there. The Angels are hurting though, aren't they? Um, the Angels IL right now is. They've, yeah, they've been playing 500 baseball, and it's it's hard to say. Like this, this, the team seems decent. Um, and if you add a guy like Mike Trout in there, it's probably a little too late for them now to do anything. Jared um, Walsh, straight off the IL, will be active for uh, for the game on Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, Dexter Fowler still out. Uh, I think Steve Kishik will be back. He's on bereavement leave. Is his uh, sorry? Pronounce that. Yeah, He's on bereavement, so thoughts are with him. Um, and then Anthony Rendon, sixty day IL. Mike Trout, sixty day IL. Uh, Alex Cobb, ten day IL. They're just they're yeah, they're they're pretty battered. Franklin Barreto, uh, who's a young you know, going to be a, a star for them at some point, uh, out 10 to 12 months, Tommy John. It's just, this is a shit year for them because they pin all their hopes on Rendon and Trout, uh, and even Dexter Fowler, uh, to yeah. some extent, it's just, this is a disaster for them. I don't know what their record is lately, but I bet if I look it up, it's not great. No, they're, they're playing 500 baseball. They've, they've been doing okay lately. Uh, but uh, the last time that I remember seeing the Jays in Anaheim was when I was actually there back in 2019 in April. Yeah, must have been awesome. And uh, they were they were swept by the Angels. So uh. believe it or not, <laughs> this is wild. But since being 12 and 18 in May, the Angels went 15 and 11 in June, which is pretty good. 13 and 11 in July, which is 
slightly less good. And they're four and three in August. So yeah. after having a disastrous start to their season, they're actually, they have clawed their way back up. Yep. This is our opportunity right now to stomp them down, uh, you know, back down into the toilet and flush and just get rid of them. Yeah, this uh, this, this four game set against the Angels is is crucial and, and, and we'll uh, we'll review it on Thursday. But we will also be teeing up the weekend series with the Seattle Mariners, too. That's a big uh, one. Too. Another team that is two and a half games behind us in the uh, wild card race right now. So. This is an important week. Uh, we, we can't sleep on these teams. They're, they have four less wins than us than the Angels and one less win than us in, in, uh, in Seattle. So definitely teams that can't be slept on uh, and teams that you, the Blue Jays need to win, either split the four with the Angels or win the three. Like we've, we've been talking, you got to win series. You can't lose series. So take two to three, two to three, two to three the rest of the year, and that's a good recipe for making the playoffs. Um, this this is the perfect week for us to have something like five and two because it would devastate Seattle and Los Angeles. It would pretty much put an end to their playoff hopes because Toronto would would increase the space between them by so much, but yeah. also they drop. And for that those teams to walk out of the weekend or walk out of those series below or or too close to five hundred. It gets to the point where it's like, well, I think we're toast. Well, because once you're ten games back of the wild card, you're done. Because you gotta, you have to win ten more games than the team ahead of you, who's already better. So, <laughs> yeah. Yep. No, it's definitely uh, the opportunity is there to take advantage of teams that the Blue Jays should be beating, um, and hope that those teams that are playing against Boston, Oakland, the Yankees, and uh, Tampa Bay help us out a little bit with some with some victories. But uh, we'll be back on Thursday to recap the Angels series to TF Seattle. Uh, it'll be fun to review that game with against Otani. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Brios pitch finally, uh, as I've been unable to watch. But uh, remember to find us on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. Listen to the show on Anchor, where we're hosted on Apple, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Find the episodes at BFMDPodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed watching the Olympics. Hope you enjoyed watching a fun weekend of baseball against Boston. But for Patrick Marsh out in Halifax, it's Justin here in Saskatoon. We'll see you Thursday.